Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Um, I have been blown away by the journey that we've been on these last 11 months since Russia's invasion into Ukraine. So many of you have joined us on this journey as we have seen God do so many unbelievable miracles. And so many of you have written in and you said that your faith has grown, that your your understanding of prayer, your understanding of how to uh, walk with God and believe God for miracles has changed. And uh, But also, I continue to get questions regularly about something that I've mentioned on and off about having a prayer strategy, about having a clear hearing very specifically what God wants you to pray for. And so um, I'm going to explain that generally today. Um, But before I start, I want to remind you of a couple things. One is that if we're going to pray effectively, we have to pray from a place of hope. We've talked about this a lot, especially early on. Um, But when we are overwhelmed, when we are impressed with darkness, with despair, with all the horrible things that are happening, we actually are empowering those things. We're not believing God, right? He who comes to God, Hebrews tells us, must believe that he is who he is, the nature of God. He is all-powerful, almighty, all-good, all-loving, all-kind, right? It must believe and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. What's the reward for those who seek him? Actually finding him. And so when I'm totally overwhelmed and despair and and depression and freaked out, my prayers are going to be usually just hitting the ceiling. Why? Because I'm more impressed with the problems than I am with God. And when I begin to be impressed with God, hope arises. Hope means I believe he can do something. I believe he will do something. I believe he's still good. I believe that his power is greater than whatever's going on right now. So when I'm in despair, the first thing I have to do is find hope. How do I find hope? One of the things we watch this over and over again in the Psalms, when David is struggling, he remembers what God has done. He remembers the victories in the past. He remembers his own testimonies. Listen, I've been in seasons where I couldn't remember any of my testimonies. You just start stealing other people's testimonies. God, I remember you did this. God, I remember you did that. This is who you are. Go to the scripture. That's one of the best parts of scripture. It's full of things God did. And as you do that, hope begins to arise. Hope begins actually as simply a suspicion that there might be more, there might be better than I'm experiencing right now, that God might just be better. Listen, when you start to have a suspicion that God is good, you have a suspicion that he's powerful, that he might be able to do something in this situation, that's already hope. Keep watering that hope. Get excited because hope is arising. But once you have hope, one of the ways the enemy is going to attempt to disempower your life of prayer is to get you overwhelmed. Overwhelmed either by the magnitude that kills hope or overwhelmed by the scope, the sheer scope, the the breadth of which there are a thousand things to pray for. This has never been more obvious in Russia's invasion into Ukraine. We're seeing this, right? You have so many different ways you could be praying, so many different things 
literally millions upon millions of people to pray for right what do you do what do you do and and one of the things the enemy will will try to get you to do it's kind of like imagine you know you tell a kid um you have five minutes go into that toy store you can have one toy the kid's going to run around he's going to be constantly convinced oh this is the best oh this is the best this is the most this is the best this is the best and then in the end become paralyzed because they can't decide afraid they're going to miss the best Listen, which is the best thing to pray for? It's not the most important thing. That's not an empirical thing. That is not the, that's not possible to determine. What's most important to pray for is the one thing, the two things that God is calling you to pray for. Because if you, we can't effectively pray for things um, generally. We just can't. Uh, you know, in the same way you can't generally love people, you have to love them specifically with specific actions. And in the same way, we overwhelmed, we can't pray for it all, we can't care for it all, we just become numb after a while. But we can care or focus on one or maybe two things. So one of the keys to getting a strategy is finding where is God leading you to pray. It's not a competition of who's got the most important. Well, it's the most important thing is widows, or the most important thing is to get the war won, or the most important thing is, is uh, prisoners of war. It, it's not a competition. You've got to be pulled back out of that. It's not to choose the most important thing because then your value is in choosing the most important thing. You and I need to be praying for the one or two things that God has called us to do. Imagine an army if every, every soldier was trying to fight to have the most important role. The, our military would lose. But if every soldier does their part in the war, then they all win together. And that's the whole thing. God wants to invite you to your place on the wall like Nehemiah had, right? If you guys remember the story of Nehemiah, they're building the wall. And so each person began to build their section of the wall. They gathered where they lived, their family, right? They didn't worry about the rest of the wall. They did their part. But... When there were moments when the enemy would attack one section, everybody would run to help them. So how can you build a strategy? I'm just going to get super practical with Ukraine. But what the things I'm going to share, you can then apply to the areas of your life, your personal life or your personal ministry or your uh, the things you're facing in your family, right? Or your business or whatever. You can apply these principles to, it, to your prayer life, and you can begin to see powerful, effective prayer. Man, I'm still blown away. We have continually, one, one great example, you guys may remember, in the first month of the war, um, Russia attempted to invade to put Marines on the beaches of Odessa three different times in the first few months, but particularly in the first month, twice. The first time, I'll be honest, I was paralyzed. In the very first day of the war, the fleet, um, uh, Russian fleet sailed up to Odessa and they said on loudspeakers, surrender, we're here. And then they stopped. The Ukrainians in Odessa didn't uh, surrender, but at the same time, they didn't know, uh, nobody knew what to do. And the Russian fleet just sat there for several days and then sailed off. 
I didn't even know how to pray at that point. I honestly didn't. I was just freaked out, overwhelmed by everything else, right? Uh, Russia was invading towards Kiev at that point. I mean, in every direction at that point, toward, through Kharkov, Sumy, Chenitsa, uh, in Zaporozhye. So anyway, so what happened, what we found out later was there was a mutiny of sailors and they refused to go through with the invasion. So they had to sail back to Crimea, offload all the, 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 the people who were in rebellion, and get a new bunch. They come sailing back. So I have a little more faith now, right? Remember, where does faith and hope come from? Looking at his deeds. Already we've avoided one invasion. Man, God can do it again. I didn't know about the rebellion. I didn't know about that, the mutiny, but I, I had seen the effects. And so um, we began to pray. And I remember a friend of mine was hiding in bomb shelters in, in, um, in Odessa. And he, was, he, he called me and I heard the shaking in his voice and the fear in his voice as he sheltered there with his family. And I cried out to God and I got so impressed with evil. I got so impressed with fear that I lost hope. I lost sight. And I cried out to God, oh, what can you do, right? Listen, first of all, I want to tell you, talking to God is always the best thing. Not trying to figure it out with our own heads, but talk to God. Cry out to him. Even in our hopelessness and our faithlessness, it's a great place to start. And I said, God, and I felt like God whispered, and he said, Peter, your friend is totally overwhelmed. Your friend is afraid. Your friend is full of fear. How is you going to that place helping him? It felt like sympathy, right? It, it, but at the same time, it wasn't helpful. I said, okay, fine. Well, what, 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 what should I do? He said, well, what could I do? I felt like God said, what could I do? Like, what could God do? What could I pray for? And I said, I don't know. And I felt like he said, ask me. I said, okay, fine. What do you want? What would be your best in this situation? Hold on to that phrase. What would be your best God in this situation? And I heard this word divine wind. And I thought, well, that's a weird thing to pray for. What does that mean? And then immediately I remember that their divine wind is kamikaze in Japanese. And twice the Mongol horde attempted to invade in the 1200s to invade Japan. And they developed a whole armada the first time and out of nowhere, I mean, there was no way the Japanese could stand against it. Out of nowhere, um, a once in a century storm called the divine wind came out of nowhere and sunk the entire fleet. 70 years later, they tried it again, I think, with a fleet three times as big. And again, a divine wind came out of nowhere and wiped it out. And Japan, that's why Japan has the longest continuous monarchy in the world. So what? what so, so I was like, okay, what am I praying for? I've been praying for, I, I, and as I, I said, Lord, what does that look like? And then I realized that if there was a strong enough wind, if the chop, if the waves were rough enough, then they wouldn't be able to land the landing craft and the and the Marines and make an invasion. So I put out a call. Many of you are part of this. We said, let's pray for the divine wind, for the winds to be so strong they can't do this. For the next 14 days, the winds never got below 10 miles an hour. And with the shape of Odessa's harbor, they, they were too rough. They never landed their crew and they sailed away, having burned through hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars of diesel in the process. Wow. So we got a very, there was a big problem. We were overwhelmed. We were freaked out, but we stopped. 
we encouraged ourselves in the Lord. We went to God. We remembered his deeds. We asked him, what is your best? And then we did it. So step one, if you're going to be developing a prayer strategy is one, um, David talks about it in strengthening yourself in the Lord in uh, in First uh, Samuel thirty when he was uh, he had lost everything. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Remember his acts. So the first thing is I would say encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. So encourage yourself means that you are remembering God's deeds. I would also say that it is going to God, not talking with him. Encourage yourself. Remember his deeds. Remember God's deeds. Go to God. Talk with him. And, um, and, and just begin to, to engage him. The second thing is asking God... This question, what is your best here in this specific situation? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And that question right there is super powerful because it will begin to reveal the strategy. It will reveal the strategy. Now, I want to say this, is none of this helps, though, if we're looking at everything all at once. And so, in this, another great question to ask is, ask God, where would you have me Have me focus. Because, that, I mean, again, it's like, it's like, wh what is your best here? That's the weapon. But where would you have me focus is the target. If you don't have a target, your weapon is meaningless, right? You can't use a sniper rifle to hit everything. But if you know your target, then you can know. So what is your best here? And what would you have, or what would you have me focus on? Or where would you have me focus? Does that make sense? So these are, so encouraging yourself, remembering, by remembering God's needs, going to God, asking God, what is your best here? But the real thing is identify that here, where would you have me focus? As you do that, as you get your prayer strategy, then the final thing I would say is, is invite others. Now, what does that mean? Others is, you, you're not trying to convince people that your issue matters. Never try to do that. Listen, you don't want any soldier, any prayer warrior who is not called to your battle, right? That every, every soldier has their own thing. It's not, this isn't an opera. We're not trying to get everybody to care. We're just getting the ones who hear the call. They hear the call of God. If you're, they're feeling called, find, invite others to your battle, right? This is what, and say, this is what I might feel my prayer strategy. If you feel led, join me, right? Powerful. Suddenly, God will build a, a band of warriors. 
And, and we watch time and time again in history, but especially in the Bible, God uses a small band of warriors. So you don't need everybody. In fact, you don't want everybody. You only want those who are called. So encourage yourself, ask God, and invite others. All right. Now, let me demonstrate what this looks like too, though, within the context of Ukraine. So the thing is, is the war in Ukraine is huge. So where are you being called to pray? Where are you being called to develop a prayer strategy? We'll just demonstrate this, all right? So first of all, there's two sides in this war, in this invasion. There's the side of Ukraine, and there's the side of Russia. Now, I've mentioned before that I, for me, a prayer strategy is I found there's three things that need to happen for Russia for this war to end, right? So, um, and so we'll talk about those in just a second. On the Ukraine side, there's so much we can be praying for, but beyond Ukraine, there is the allies portion. There are allies. On the Russian side, there are allies. Right? Who are the allies? The allies, we have are China, Iran, possibly also India, the UAE. Okay? Now, over on this side, we've got the main ones are the UK, US, Germany, and France. Okay, so, so these are all places that can be prayed, right? Praying for resources to flood in, right? Now, within Russia, um, we've prayed is we've been praying for what were the three things? One is that the people would know the truth, right? And rise up, right? Know the truth and rise up. That's that's a huge that's a huge one, right? That we've been praying that right along and it's happening. It's been happening. Another thing is we've been praying is for Daniels to arise. You know. And those Daniels are what? Those Daniels are the people who will stand in the gap, they'll rise up in places of power and fight for truth, for justice, for national level repentance and for restoration. Now this gets to the real thing. Do you guys remember what I said? What is your best? Now, what is your best speaks to a final outcome, right? Is our final outcome tons of dead people? No. So one of the things we're praying for is to limit loss of life, right? We're praying for, um, we're praying for uh, restoration. Like it's not, so the enemy makes it all about destruction, kill Russia, no. No, we're praying for the people. We're praying for all of these people to be delivered in Russia and in Ukraine. So what's the final good? And we talked about this throughout this, that when you see God's final good, then it, you can figure out your strat, you can change strategy with time to continue to get there. So the final good that we see is, there is that this whole system throughout the former Soviet Union is a system built on lies that most of the former Soviet Union still does not know its history. 
over what happened during the Soviet Union. They never faced the lies because the secret police in all these countries stayed in power and they protected their archives. And so nobody knows the horrors that happened. And so they never faced the truth. They've never been able to repent as a nation. And that's why Putin has been able to rally people to this idea of the greatness of Russia and all that. And so what we're praying for is what? We're praying for truth to be found out. We're praying for justice. We're praying for uh, repentance as a nation. We're praying for truth, for justice, for righteous leaders to be established. And for corruption to be uprooted. Because every one of these countries of the former Soviet Union has so much corruption. So these are what we're praying for. This is the outcome. Because anytime something horrible happens, God's goal is to use even what he never intended for good. You guys remember the line with Joseph where he says, What you intended for evil, God has reintended for my good. God wants to use, it's judo, right? He wants to use what the devil does for good. So our good here is that through across, across Russia and Ukraine, and interestingly, every one of these allies needs the exact same thing. Every one of these allies is contrary to the gospel, contrary to the kingdom, contrary to justice and truth, and uh, with massive amounts of corruption. And so our prayer is that truth, justice, repentance, righteousness, and corruption would be uprooted in all of these countries. That's the end goal. So that helps us know how to pray, right? We're not just praying for survival, we're praying for breakthrough and that all the suffering would be transformed, right? Trials are turned to gold there, that he takes everything and turns it to good for the people. So that that's what that's that kind of gives us the end goal that keeps us encouraged and then allows us to begin to pray for specifics. So now, um, and those specifics can change day to day as we get more information. So you have the end goal, you have like for these, these are strategies for, for um, you know, one of the things for me with Know the Truth is, my praying for is the KGB archives to be opened. Right, that's, that's a, a specific strategy. So, you know, you, you see, you start with the big, you move back, and then you, you move to specifics. Um, now, in Ukraine, where can you be praying? You can be praying for the army, right? You can be praying for the military. You can be praying for supplies, right? Those are coming from the allies. You could be praying for, you can be praying for um, uh, people in occupied territories. Right, because they are under horrific amounts of abuse and domination, control. Uh, right now, at present, Russia's uh, uh, exerted a massive push to root out collaborators, uh, uh, and not collaborators, uh, you know, uh, partisans, people who are fighting back. Um, so, praying for people in the occupied territories. Praying. One of the things is praying for the abused, for people who've been through trauma, whether children, women, men that had been abused, praying for their restoration, praying for the for the refugees, praying for, you know, one of the things right now in the winter is people who are without heat, praying for heating and for food um, to get to the people, right? 
A big one is praying for the church. You know, in this, right? Praying for the church to arise, right? To rise up to their place. Not to run and hide, but to be brave and to be courageous and to rise up and bring food and heat and the gospel, right? Because our goal is that all, that the, the line, one of my favorite lines in, in Revelation is that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. So our prayer is that all these things would, that each of these, and that the church would arise and bring the gospel throughout all of these countries, right? All of the world would know God's goodness. And, and we're watching again and again. We would not be here today without the unbelievable miracles that have happened. None of these countries wanted to back Ukraine. Every single one of them wanted, you know, first day of the game, war, get Zelensky out, get, you know, just capitulation, make this war end quickly, give Ukraine to Russia. But none of them wanted this. But here we are. And today, when nobody would have believed it, the churches arise. The, there was one thing Ukraine was not known for is unity. Guess what? Unity is happening across the sphere. Corruption is being rooted out, right? We're seeing, we're seeing uh, courage arising everywhere. We're seeing the church rising up and running to the front lines. Our friends Vladimir and Lilia um, uh, <clears throat> are, are, it's just amazing what God's doing. He's he, over and over and over again. We're seeing the church arising. So you could be praying for the church. You can be praying, um, you can be praying for, uh, you know, like I said, unity or corruption being rooted out. Um, but also you can be praying for strategies on the Russian side, right? So, um, because one of the things that we've been praying for is one of the things I realized that God's best is not suffering, Right. And so bloodless resolution is always his best. So what could that look like? And so we've prayed for train derailments, and we've seen those over and over again. Some of those happening by sabotage, others just simply happening by mechanical breakdown. Uh, a, a train in Amur in Far East Russia, um, which more than likely was coming up from that direction, was probably bringing weapons maybe from uh, North Korea. It derailed in 22 uh, um, uh um, cars uh, were destroyed. Man, so these kind of things, praying for bloodless resolution, praying for uh, supplies. Like one of the things that's been happening right now is that Russian soldiers don't have enough artillery shells, so they can't fire. So they can't fire, they can't shoot, and they don't get shot at. Wow. Praise God. Praying, God, what's a bloodless resolution? I, I know uh, one of you all, um, uh, one of our, our good friends, Silky, in um, in um in Germany, she was asking about a prayer strategy. She said, I, the prayer strategy I saw was divine fire, like to go with divine wind, and this idea of fires breaking out across Russia. Well, if you watch the news, everywhere there are fires breaking out across Russia. And yes, some of those are sabotage, some of those are negligence, but it's just, and it's destroying the Russian ability to do things, whether it was the huge fires that happened at the Iskander missiles uh, development site where they get all the all the fuel. I mean, over and over again, we're seeing that's a great divine strategy. So you want to pray for a strategy, a strategy that is rooted in God's best, right? Bloodless resolution, praying for strategies that brings forth truth, brings forth national level repentance, brings forth righteousness. You know, one of the things um, very early on is I was really freaked out on the first day of the war. God said to me, he said, he said, pray this. Uh, I forgot the passage. I think it's Second Kings. But, you know, um, 
Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, attacks Israel. And Hezekiah is crying out, and God says, don't worry, I'm going to put a hook in his mouth, he's going to go back the way he came. And in fact, he went home and was killed. And that's what we began to pray for Putin. And literally that happened, right? He came to Kiev and he left. He came into through Sumi and Shanitza and he left. But we're not done yet. And we pray that the snake would turn on itself. Many of you remember that in the first 24 hours, that's what we were praying for. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing Prigozhin, the leader of Wagner, turning on uh, Patrushev. And we're seeing all these this infighting going on. And as that happens, you guys remember, Daniel was one of 120 governors. And yet, uh, so it was one against 119, I guess. And yet, because of their infighting, because of their backstabbing, because, as Jesus said, when a, um, a kingdom is divided against itself, it will fall, suddenly Daniel gets promoted, right? Because in that space, righteousness and dignity. And so we've watched this over and over again. And so we've been asking God, help us to identify Daniels, not to get political and get behind it, but, and not to say that they're perfect, but that God, because God used Cyrus of Persia, who was not a righteous man. God will use people, but that doesn't mean we're for them in a political sense, but we will say, God, use this person. And so we've been praying for, for instance, Elvira uh, Nabuelina, um, who's the head of the central bank. We've been praying for Mishushnan, the, um, the prime minister. And we've been, and so those are, those are some of those strategies that we get. But here again, I can't say it enough. Don't allow yourself to get distracted by the overwhelming nature of the possibilities. One of the things we've been praying from day one is for the Patriot system. It's coming. We've been praying for tanks. They're coming. Just uh, Poland is releasing 14 tanks, uh, Leopard 2 tanks. Uh, the uh, Minister of Defense in Germany was uh, has resigned, opening the way most likely that Germany is going to release their Leopard 2 tanks. UK is releasing Challenger 2 tanks. Blinken today was saying, uh, when asked with a, when, if America was sending tanks, he refused to say no. He said, I don't want to get ahead of the game. Guys, it's happening. Uh, Ukraine has asked for 300 tanks. It looks like more than likely they're going to get 100 pretty quickly. Wow, these are things we prayed for. We prayed for because we said the third thing is that Ukraine has to win in the field. And so as we've been praying these strategies, you know, again, being part of the military, you know, when uh, America was trying to take out the Axis, right? Um, you know, Germany and Italy and Japan, that meant that they had to fight in Italy. They had to fight in North Africa. They had to fight in Japan. They had to fight in the Pacific, right? And so all these things, they had to fight in Burma. They had to fight in all these different areas. But so every, all, the victory in any of these areas is an encouragement, but we focus on our areas. So ask God right now, what is the area you're calling me to? And you know how you can tell? Because it feels most important. It feels, you feel it. Grab onto that. Don't, 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 don't allow yourself to be tricked that some other area is probably more important. Don't allow the latest headline to distract you. God, what's the area? And you grab a hold of that. Grab a hold of that one area. And then begin to ask God, what is your best? Remember, we encouraged ourselves on what God's doing. Then we, we ask the God for the area, and then we ask him for what his best is there. 
What's that bloodless resolution? What's that amazing outcome? And begin to pray it. Okay, and here's the final point. Why do we get so specific? Because I can't stay encouraged and I can't have perseverance in prayer if I'm not being specific. Why? Because only specific prayer requests can be verified and so you can see the results. If you can't see the results, you won't be encouraged and you can't persevere. It's just the nature of the beast. And so very practically, we want to pray very specific prayers and we want to look for specific answers. Does that make sense? And, and if we're not getting them, we can go back and say, God, retool my prayer. Maybe there's a different way you want me to pray. Maybe I missed it. Maybe, maybe I was praying my passion. Early on, I've heard all this rage, right? All this rage. And people are like, ah, you know, kill this, kill that person, get that. Guys, that's not the heart of God, right? And that will distract us. Those kind of rage passions will distract us and make us not able to hear God's best. God, what's your best? What's your best? You know, what is your best? What is your best? Many of you have felt the strategy to pray for divine encounters for Putin. Come on. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. That's an, that would be an incredibly effective strategy, right? So guys, whatever it is, whatever the strategy is, pray. But in, in like those situations, if you're not seeing the results, ask God, do I need to change my strategy? Is there something more you want to add? Stay in this flexible place, but look for specific responses. Look for specific evidence of change in that area. And you'll stay encouraged and you'll stay motivated. And again, finally, invite other people. As you feel like a strategy, feel free to share it. I really love it. Like I said, Silk was uh, reached out and said, hey, uh, what do you think of this strategy? Does that make sense? Absolutely. I thought that's an amazing. Not only is it amazing, but it's happening. Wow. So um, hopefully this helps, but hopefully you also see how you can apply this to your family, to your business, to wherever you are. And so um, I've had to do this video a little differently, so I can't even see if anybody's on or any of you are on. Please put your questions in the comments. Put your, maybe you've got questions about prayer, maybe you've got questions about strategy, maybe uh, Ukraine, whatever. Go ahead and ask. But we're believing for God's best. Right? We're still, man, we've seen so many miracles. Let us not grow weary of doing good. God is on the move, and we're believing for, for nations established in truth and justice with national level repentance and righteous leadership and corruption being uprooted. And it's happening. It's happening hardcore in Ukraine. Nobody could have seen what this happening. And we're believing that for uh, for uh, Belarus, we're believing that for Russia, for Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, all the former Soviet Union. And uh, we're believing for righteousness to be established. So um, listen, thank you. When you like, when you comment, when you share, it really makes a difference. Helping to get the word out, raising up prayer. Uh, and we're going to continue to see just miracle after miracle come. And let's not grow weary, but rise up together. We love you all. Have a great one. Take care. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.